Hello, welcome back to Julie Loves Television. Long time, no talk. Um, I knew I took start of this podcast at like the absolute worst time to do it in like work-wise because it just got busier and busier and like out of control near the end of July and into August pretty much until now. I kind of lost interest for a little while because I was so exhausted from work. But anyways, so lots to talk about even though this is probably rambly and like not the greatest i have lots of thoughts on my mind i've written down like a couple topics over the past few like a month or so i've written down some topics and nothing has like really grabbed my interest and of course my ipad is dead at this very moment i think i the things i I recorded on there like world lengthy notes for related to i got obsessed with sister wives I don't know how that happened. It like must have come across my feed in Instagram reels or on YouTube or something somehow. Or maybe I saw podcasts. Although the Apple Podcast app is not exactly the greatest at giving you suggestions in general. And it's been acting up real wonky lately. But anyways. So I got with sister wives recently which is like beside the point and not something I normally talk about because I don't really watch reality television all that much because it the more and more the older and older I've gotten the more and more reality tv shows has made me severely uncomfortable to watch most of the time and like I used to watch some stuff on TLC for sister wives I've watched but I I can't glean back to like when I first saw it i like 80 percent sure it was when it was on netflix and i can't really guarantee i watched any of it like actually live maybe i don't know but i got obsessed with it again because it's just gotten so crazy and so petty and so much drama on the show even though like nothing happens and it's of course it's just like when reality shows like really pull you in because that's what they're like looking for in general anyways to pull you in but like it's so if you don't know what this arrives about it's about this polygamous family when it started with three wives when it started and one husband the husband is ugh, always kind of creeped me out to be completely honest and like under the simmering under the surface like the wives don't like each other and they're putting on a front when the show is starting basically and they're bringing in a fourth wife and and that's the like decision of that first season of bringing in a fourth wife i spiraled out of control in like the latest seasons where he's one wife has already left him another wife is like basically out the door and he's basically still holding on to like saying he wants to do polygamy when it's clear when that's not what exactly he wants to do because it's his favorite wife that is the most recent newest wife and the whole covid like <laughs> arguments and situation has like really broke down their entire family it's just so interesting but the main reason like i'm more into it than than watching the show is listening to the podcasts that people make related to them they are absolutely hilarious and batshit insane and like more entertaining than watching the actual TV shows because these people, these podcasters, be, these podcasters are so petty and so mean and like 
in a way that's like this is insane to be listening to this like they're making fun of them a lot and it's like they know they're putting us themselves uh, on television it's like how can you not understand that you're acting in such bad ways like my immediately husband who like is truly insane and makes extremely insane statements and double standards and everything it's just chef's kiss recommend anything but podcasts they are inappropriate to be sure but they are so entertaining um so that's my tangent of the week um what else what's in my notes i can't because my ipad's dead i can't remember i went to the movie theaters and saw a haunted in venice I didn't realize it was the third one in the series. I knew it was it was at least the second one because I saw what was that one the Nile one? Murder? No. Murder on the Nile? What was it called? I don't I can't remember. But I saw that one. Horrible CGI in that one. It was just insane. Like I hate how bad CGI is and like distractingly so because this is their murder mystery based on Agatha Christie novels and there's just like there's no reason to have like terrible feature guy in the background when it the focus should be on like the murder and the mystery part of it but I saw that in theaters it's actually kind of scary like I've been sort of into getting more into like the murder mystery realm of like at least book reading and I don't. I, th- I knew it was gonna be more. It was darker because it was around Halloween time. It was not Halloween time, but it came out in September. In a haunting in Venice, it's more ghosty related, like themes generally. And but I went into it and not knowing much, really much about it, because I I was really hankering for Europe, like seeing Europe on screen. And this is like big, big budget, so you get more of like a feel of that. And I really liked it. It scared me at some points. I really enjoy like the whodunit aspect of everything, and I don't really feel like there's a ton of movies that do that sort of thing in the whodunit realm. Really? In that like campy, cheesy way that I like. Like, um, that people have really gone to in, oh god, what is that called? Knives Out, those Knives Out movies. That, like, escaped me right as I thought of it. Like, they have that quirky lead detective who is very, like, over the top and the accent and is, like, very much its own character. Solving this wild mystery with his, like, a gang of characters. And... Yeah, I really enjoy that sort of thing about it. And I actually went back to watch the first one because I completely forgot it was the first one was The Murder on the Orient Express. And so I went and watched that. Of course, this always happens. I rent it and then all of a sudden you notice that it's actually available somewhere else for free to watch. Like, not for free, but in a subscription service that I already subscribed to. Which is, of course, always happens. But the first movie is actually extremely good too. Although I did find it interesting that there was a woman murder in all three. I'm pretty sure, like, like the 
head culprit, I suppose you could say. I think, because I know, like, I guess who, like, the lead person was in the murder of the Orient Express, like, pretty early into it. Like, I didn't know, obviously, what was going on, like, story-wise, which obviously there's more is going on. But I'm like, oh, she's in on it. I don't, I don't really think it says much because there's more going on in that story, but I did like that movie too. And of the three, which one did I like the most? I can't really say. I really liked Haunted in Venice because it was much more of its own thing and had more of a specific stylized like feature to it compared to the other ones, which are more big budget looking, obviously back in the f- 40s, 30s and 40s and how it, like those kind of looks and but this one's more stylized, the creep, like murder, sorry, haunting Venice is more stylized and um, specific to the genre it's more playing into in the sort of movie and like what the story that's going on in it with like the creepiness and the storms and the ghostly vibes of going on in the story and stuff like that which I found really interesting and I made it a nice like breath of fresh, fresh air compared to the other two and um what else did I watch that I had interest in oh I go to my notes some interesting some things I've been interested in recently um no I have been avoiding Apple TV series as much as I possibly could. I've seen, because I'm like, I don't want to give into something that has like basically nothing on it at the point when it first started. And I'm like, I'm not subscribing to that or watching to that. And like, when there's basically nothing there to get into at that point, I was like, I'll figure I'll wait until something piques my interest and watch it. And I did watch, um, like the first season of Ted Lasso. And I enjoyed it, I think. Not to like to the level that everybody seems to enjoy it, but I enjoyed it. And so but and it really didn't pique my interest in any other way besides watching the movie that was nominated for an Oscar. That's what the had the deaf actor that won an Oscar. I completely forgot. But I like that movie too. And I don't know why, but I started watching Still Up, a TV series on on there that's still airing. It hasn't aired it, like the final episodes yet, so we'll see how I like the ending. But the premise about it is it takes place mostly at night, at like random times throughout the night, between two people who are insomniacs in, I want to say they both live in London. That makes that, yeah, that makes more sense. They both live in London. And they're both obviously English. And but I can't say that I don't. I bet I haven't been paying close enough attention to that. But they're both insomniacs. They're best friends, and they're constantly calling each other throughout the night, and like heavily dependent on each other, and talking to each other throughout the night. And they're never in the same place, except. And, but they still have like amazing chemistry on screen, and like you truly believe that they're friends, even though they're not talking to each other. And I think it's actually really excellent and feeling like 
and slowly throughout it you're like okay this is more becoming like a think or romantic comedy of two people who are absolutely best friends and can't actually see that they're what's going on in the relationship between each other and i know to the two lead actors the lead actor is the guy is craig roberts i don't know he was in that movie with selena gomez that was on fundamentals of caring the movies with selena gomez and paul rudd that was on netflix that is on netflix and he was in like another amazon prime show i red oaks i didn't see it i don't believe but I think I'm thinking of something else. And the woman is from the Netflix series um, Lovesick. Had that insanely funny um, title before that, Scrotal Recall. But it changed his name before the second season or something started airing Netflix. And it's like, I love that show so much. Um, also a romantic comedy, so I kind of was like, is this going to be a romantic comedy or is it not? I don't know. Antonia Thomas. And she was also, that's the reason I also started watching um, The Good Doctor on ABC. I was up watching that because it made me so uncomfortable. And she wasn't really on it, and the story wasn't going in the way I thought it was going to go. So, I like the two lead actors in the, I think that the trailer looked really charming, and like the insomniac aspect, and the can get can't get that word out obviously and like the best friend aspect of it and it was intrigued me and it's like this is a really good story in the first episode like he's trying to get trying to get food hiding from his neighbor in his apartment and going through a whole ordeal of trying to get his pizza and she is in a pharmacy for hours at night just walking around talking to and they're talking to each other on the phone throughout this whole situation like they hang up with each other and go through their own things and near the end and like she's trying to set him up on the dating app and and through that process she actually finds out that she's uh that she matches with him after setting up his own profile at like a 91 percent like match rate like, even higher than what she ha- has had with her current partner. I, I was totally confused by that because it seemed to be that they were married, but they're not actually, she's not actually married. And it was just, it's, I found it extremely charming. I think it's into the second episode where, like, Cringe Fest, of all Cringe Fest, the most awkward episode of all time I've, I've the most awkward thing i've ever seen on tv let me look around because it, it's in so insanely awkward to watch that i could not get through it but i still enjoy the show after that let me see i can't um where is it of course i watched the episode so like it like disappears from your home screen i was like why do you do that? I hate that. Stay on my own screen. I, I, even though I finished watching it, doesn't mean I'll not want to watch it again, even with, even though the next episode hasn't aired. Or, like, look into it more. <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, what episode is it? Yes, it is episode two. The most uncomfortable I've ever been watching anything. 
but I do like how like self-contained the show is and like you can feel it's building up to like them actually meeting in like real life in person because it makes me wonder throughout the whole entire thing I'm like have they actually ever actually met how did they meet how did they become friends and they know each other like so extremely well that it's like a given that they're in each other's lives and I think everybody knows who each other are and it's like I can feel that it's meeting up it's leading up toward them like actually meeting and it makes me wonder like did they ever actually meet in real life because this most recent episode main uh, female main character Lisa gets so drunk that she loses her phone and doesn't know how to get home from where she is because she's so drunk and the whole thing is about um Danny the ma- male lead trying to help her get to her home by like only talking to her through pay phones and stranger phones and stuff like that because he's a, um, agoraphobic and can't leave his apartment so that's why they're getting separated the entire time they're an insomniac that are constantly in contact with each other at night it mostly seems and he can't leave his apartment and she's like out in the world and other places and constantly in contact with him when even when she's with other people including her boyfriend and throughout the entire process you're like this is leading up to them like meeting you're like almost positive of it of um her being lost and like him him trying to like track where she is because she's so drunk that she can't talk or explain anything about where she is and she's running into other people who and she's distracting them from helping and it finally like leads up to her being arrested and like this forces him to leave his apartment you're like it's 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 such a revelation and so interesting and like it keeps you on your toes and it's fun it is charming and funny and so interesting and i'm so i'm so looking forward to the next episode i think it might be the last knowing it's although that's not true i think in my app although i can't guarantee the accuracy of like my tv tracking app that there's episode seven is coming out in this this is friday on apple tv but it's thursday because they air it early um okay so it says there's an episode eight i think that's the end so i'm really interested where the show is going because he he leaves his apartment and he's able to leave it and there's it like really brings you in on his experience of like forcing himself to leave his apartment because lisa is so in need of him and she's so lost but in the end and i i don't want to spoil it i kind of already spoiled it but we kind of knew where it was leading but i'm so interested in how this is i'm so interested to see where this is end up going in the end the tv show sorry i might have cut out there and sound different for a second um I'm just, the stupid podcasting thing that i'm using to record i cannot figure out how to play it back so i can hear where i end up so i had, I had to end up downloading the file and skipping to the end and trying to figure out if it cut out because it brought up a screen and then it's not showing if it's still recording or not like it says like it doesn't matter i have to figure out another app to use because this fucking this thing fucking sucks anyways um this is still up good recommendation i totally recommend um it's nice and light airy it's not too serious it deals with like serious top um like 
illnesses in a fairly interesting way and I think is trying to be realistic about it although I can see how people people might get upset with like I was trying to solve his problems like I guess they're both insomniacs insomniacs in different ways and he has more of agoraphobia trying to solve that problem might be more of an issue for some people I could see it but I don't really care about that because it doesn't seem because it seems to be more like a Tell me more about the story and the relationship between them, the two of them. I swear this podcast now it makes me so hesitant to figure out whether or not I'm still, it makes me so scared that it's not recording. It says recording, but it's just not showing it in the same way as it was before. And I cannot play anything back, so it's so difficult to hear anything because they changed like the initial load screen, so I can't hear anything. Like it'll, it'll say it's playing, nothing will take over, and I cannot see it moving or hear anything unless I download it apparently now. Which fucking sucks. It's like, how can you edit in a software that if you record something, you can't hear it back? So it's like, how, I don't understand the recording and editing quality of this, but it doesn't matter. Obviously, I don't edit any of this stuff because it's more of a stream of consciousness and I cannot listen to myself back. Um, at this point. So, um, what is my next interest? Hmm next clip of what I think is interesting to talk about I watched this week I know there's something else um so after still up I have devoured fourth wing today the book that's I might be behind on it because it's got to be over a year old at this point it's a on I don't want to say it but it's on book talk I do not have TikTok downloaded, so I don't really know what that's like, but I have, like, Instagram Reels, which I assume is similar. It's a really popular book. I you look up on Goodreads, it has over, like, 100,000 reviews and, like, 500,000 ratings or something insane, insanely crazy like that. And it has, like, a 4.65 star rating, which is truly mind-boggling for, like, a popular book that's like this sort of genre I suppose and now I was super hesitant to start it one because I would have to pay for it so like on Kindle even like 15 bucks which is a lot for a Kindle book um it was super popular I'm not always super into like fantasy popular books because I tried reading um, A Quarter of Thorns and Roses and I've, I've heard from people that the first book is like a slog to get through like the second book is where it gets really good but I just it the first book was such a drain and it's so long that I couldn't get through it and I couldn't move on anymore okay and I did start the second book but I'm like this is just all too much and not really flowing for me in the way that I want my reading to go if I'm going to spend so much time reading a very long book. But Fourth Wing is extremely well written. I don't know I'm a good judge of that in any way to take this as like easy to read books that I'm I'm pretty well versed in that sort of realm. But it's very easy to read. It's like on like the Kindle I'm using is in the space or whatever. It's like six hundred pages long, which of course includes like um 
like the beginning pages of books and like the end acknowledgements and like other pages at the end and like blank stuff 600 pages i'm like 500 that can't be right i'm 506 pages in apparently that's like 76 percent the way through if i'm i know the percentage I i don't know the um exact like page count but i'm pretty i'm like 76 percent of the way through and i started it i want to say last night yeah and i'm that far into it i'm a pretty prolific reader when it comes to stuff i really enjoy and if i don't enjoy it it takes me a very long time to get through something like the last book i was reading it was good but it, it took me like a week to get through it and it was like 400 pages and it was still quite long for me. Although the end of it like flew by because by it got really picked up. But I do recommend this book as like a fan, an easy fantasy to get into if you're not super into fantasy. Which I'm not really into. It's like a, like a general thing because I'm... It talks a lot about like regions and locations in a lot of fantasy books. And I have like a... Tr- trouble with um when i'm reading like visually picturing what people are describing in books if that makes any sense like i know people complain all the time about like movie to screen adaptations and how like they don't the actors and characters in the setting and stuff like that don't look like what they people expect and honestly i don't understand that because i don't picture anybody looking like anybody like i don't picture full faces i don't picture landscapes and like a general sense i do kind of but like I'm sure you can hear the sirens in the background um but like a general thing I don't really picture anything like visually and it's really hard to like me for me to orient myself in this in space in what the book is describing in like a general sense unless it's like very hyper specifically telling you what it's doing like if someone if it's saying someone you're you're walking in a straight line from one tunnel to another and then walking back and there's like something on the side but if it's more like a grandscape i can't really picture that in any way and but this book is like really easily accessible in that way it's not hyper descriptive of like the entire world it's in which made it hard with like um the a quarter thorns and roses books in not really because it that was more simplistic in like describing the regions i suppose in the same way but like with um what was the other i don't know if this is um, so i try i also tried reading um what is it six of crows is the spin-off duology what's the original called shadow and bone trilogy the original one I don't know if I made the mistake and it kind of ruined it for me of trying to listen to those books using like audiobooks online and I'm I hate audiobooks like I kind of get into them and I haven't really tried to I just like hearing people's voices kind of makes me uncomfortable when hearing something and I it takes me out of the experience and if you don't like the voice it kind of seeps into like in the book and I'm wondering what's happening with both of these that was so entirely confusing to me to listen to or to try to read because there's so much going on and so descriptive of like other regions and trying to describe like where they are in a general sense i kind of understood what's going on but like 
in a hyper specific sense in those situations it was extremely hard for me to pay attention to what it was really going on but it's probably confusing i don't know if anybody gets what i'm p- putting down but back to fourth wing extremely easy to read extremely long i could totally get that and i think it builds up the story in a very interesting way that like when the person has like anxiety and it's really really descriptive of like moving you through the scene in a way that makes like your palms sweat and make you really feel what they're feeling in a very good way i don't know how to describe it any other way and it really puts you into the story in a way that I don't think I've ever been put into a story in a while, at least I don't think. In like a fantasy setting, I'm not being any other stuff. But I got that enemies to lovers trope going on where it's like true enemies to lovers. And I'm in like the portion of the book where it's teetering over into that other side and you're kind of like, where is this book going? to get betrayal to where it's a cliffhanger where there's gonna be a second book or some sort of shooting off point because i'm kind of thinking my thoughts at 76 percent mark on my kindle which is I, I like reading physical book more but it's a lot easier to read a kindle when it's don't have like great light sources and you don't want to like hold like a physical book in your hand and it whatever easier because it's one click press that uh, tangent it's my thoughts it's clearly going to be something with the guy the main character i hate, I hate his name satan Ugh. i hate the fantasy like weird names that they give people like everybody else has like a sort of normal name and his is so hyper specific and weird so the lead girl if i describe the book the lead girl is it was so there's four quadrants you can go into if you want to go into if that's right did i remember that right like hyper specific quality traits like schoolings they're like a war college and there's like four main ones if you're not going into like the infantry i think it is and this girl is studying her whole life to become a scribe and her in like six months earlier before like school week actually officially begins her mother who is the general of the entire army forces her to go into the dragon writing um quadrant of the war college instead of being a scribe which she's been trained for her entire life and she's constantly described as like fragile and knowing she's gonna die and not make it if she's been forced to go into this um quadrant because every single one of her in her family has been in a dragon rider including her mom and her sister and her older brother older brother who had died but her dad was a scribe and he died two like years earlier and she's forced into this dragon rider division and at all points she thinks she's gonna fail and she's using her smarts to get through it and her sister at the outside before she got in there was telling her that she has to stay away from this particular guy that's there satan oh i hate that name um every time i read it i had to get over that anyways 
stay away from him because he is a son of the main traitor group that was the rebellion of them was squelched years earlier and he is the oldest child of the rebellion's parents and the, the, um, the children are all forced to in this dragon riding quadrant and thought it like there's gonna they're gonna be the people they're gonna die because they have the highest rate of death in this dragon riding division whatever and there's immediate tension between the two of them her name is oh shoot what is her name it's something normal i'm pretty sure oh god i'm reading it all the time and i cannot remember what her name is at this point how insane i'll open the book let's try to figure that out um what is her name Violet, that's what it is. Not, it wasn't on the page. I just remembered it. Violet, and, he, and his name is Zayden, and they're like constantly, um, uh, like the tension between the two of them, and you're kind kind of can't tell whether or not it's gonna cross over. Obviously, it's gonna cross over into like sexual tension, but there's also like whether or not he's gonna kill her, and it kind of said that at the beginning of the when they first met that he's gonna do it because. Her mom killed his dad, who was the leader of the rebellion, and there's, like, this animosity between the two of them for that reason. And, like, mixed in, her older brother died in the rebellion, too. And all that tension there, and her constantly in the edge of death, and being fragile, and obviously, like, a hero's journey sort of thing in the way that like Harry Potter and Divergent and all those stories have like the lead character be that sort of thing. It's, it kind of reminds me a lot lot of Divergent. Obviously this book is better written and I hope it ends better. But in like the whatever length of the series it is, I don't know if I could get through like 16 books if these were going to be like 16 books series or something. I'm guessing four or five. Um, let me think. Oh, where was I? Yeah, leading to um, enemies to love or sort of thing. And I've gotten to that point of the book, and he, and trying to, he's like, don't fall in love with me. What was I gonna actually? He's like, don't fall in love with me. You you can't get feelings involved. And I'm like, this is interesting. And it's like leading over to the point of tipping point where it's like. It's going to go somewhere where you're going to either find out something about him that's going to shock you eh, in a way that you're not expecting because they've grown so close. Because they've grown so close because the dragons have chosen them as riders. He's like three years older or something. Two, I guess, three, two years older. The dragon that he he has has a mate who chose Violet. And they're now stuck together forever, and they have to be by, by each other's side. And I'm, I'm, and there's like this whole undercurrent of him helping all of the um, other kids of the rebellion. And like he, he, and you find out like he's at ultimate like risk if anybody steps out of line. So it's like, is he? I, I part of me thinks he's like involved in something that's going to happen as part of a rebellion or something like that or is he pushing her away because he's afraid 
she's gonna get hurt because they've gotten so close and he's no no knows what it's like to lose someone close to him and he he has so much responsibility on his back that if anybody steps out of line he's also gonna be at fault for it and I'm just like where is this story going and it's clear like there's like a mounting war happening around their country against a rival country and there's not like a huge and obviously I think that on purpose that they're not building up like the world around them because it's obviously going to build into like the next book and like expanding the universe I'm 90% sure and I'm just so curious where this goes and I know this is going to be like heartbreaking and heart-wrenching because you can feel there's like obvious closeness between the two of them it's like if there's some betrayal it's going to be so hard and it makes it for an interesting story that's for sure and I don't know how they build up trust with each other and it makes it feel like everything she knew their entire life is that not actually true and there's actually going to be something deeper and under going on that you can't actually trust what you've known your entire life I think it's where it's going anyways really good I'm really enjoying it I think I'll probably finish it by this during this week I'm not entirely sure because I obviously coming up on the work week and you can't read a ton then um so my next topic haven't finished that book but I will the, the next topic movie unexpected I saw on Netflix it is a I want to say it's a Polish movie because everything's telling me it's Polish and believe so um you'll see why it's confusing so um it's a world war ii movie but not not in the way that i like a lot of like other ones are like more war oriented this is more like civilian live oriented in that way so it's called philip philip i'm saying with american accent obviously it's something else because it's in europe and different languages and he's using like a fake name too so it's kind of mixing into that um so, um it's about this guy he's a he's jewish who from poland who's working in a fancy hotel in frankfurt germany i believe during world war Two. obviously that's like a whole like daunting thing that obviously something's gonna happen with that and so the movie starts and he's in the Warsaw ghetto with his entire family and his girlfriend and they're going towards um, some sort of event, community event and they're going to perform him and his girlfriend Philippe and his girlfriend's uh, it's not Sarah, it's something else I think and they're all over each other and lovey-dovey and his family is there they're, and it's interesting how they portraying this like the Jewish people who are in the ghetto who have obvious carnage around them are lifting their spirits up and trying to move forward in a normal way despite all the death and carnage around them there's people dying in the streets like he has clothes on there from a dead guy and they're very very trying to still moving forward in life and his girlfriend is nervous to go on stage because they haven't performed it in front of anybody and they're 
going to perform something on stage. His family's in the audience. He goes up on stage. He's introduced. He, th- he and his girlfriend go on stage. They perf- start performing. His pants become undone because he's got he's, his pants came off a dead guy who is super big, so he has to keep them like specially tied. And he goes off stage to fix his pants. And the audience thinks it's part of the act, so they're laughing. He goes off stage. His girlfriend's still on stage dancing. He's proposed to her like right before they go on stage. It's just fiance now and they're super lovey-dovey with each other and it's really sweet and all of a sudden nazis come in to gestapo i guess you could say i mean they're nazis but like they like indiscriminately shoot every people in the audience and people on stage and all the, the whole time you're like focused on him trying to fix his pants and like hiding behind the thing the obviously shooting people in the audience but then he goes up on stage and he sees that his girlfriend has been shot and is dead. And someone else on the stage tells him to run. So he runs. And then two, I think two years later, you find that he's working under a student name in a hotel in Frankfurt. In like a fancy hotel. And there's a, sort of like an upstairs-downstairs thing going on. But you don't really see the upstairs that clearly. It's obviously through the eyes of the downstairs. He's working in the kitchen with a bunch of other... I don't know how they describe it, but I, and like foreign nationals, I suppose, but they're all under like Nazi rule, so they're not really con- different countries, I suppose. And so there's like him, who's Polish, who's but he's pretending to be French, which I kind of can see. It's like he's always got like a very French thing going on, but where he's like very obviously Jewish, and I don't really understand how he sees that, but it, I guess like the very French thing going on. Like, in, like, a stereotypically Jewish way. I'm not saying that because, I guess cause if you know in your head that he's Jewish and you see him, you're like, oh, he looks, he is Jewish. But it's like, I don't know what I'm trying to say from there. But he does look, he does look like he could be, like, French passing because obviously, because obviously trying to be a very stereotypical look in um, this stuff so you can see, like, it's obvious who they are like what nationality they are based on like between people i suppose so he's from poland he's in germany so obviously he's speaking german at some points but all the people in the back he knows several of the languages of the people he has in common with there's someone people from i don't know what people who are dutch was working in the kitchen and as like catering staff not catering like staff um there's Belgians, there's Italians, and Ita- and Italian. There's like Czech people, guys, and they're like all mixing together, working as like I guess they call it like conscripted labor or something like that, compulsory labor to work in the hotel because the fact that they're not German. And they're, like, moving throughout their lives as, like, under the German radar to live carefree lives, like, as carefree as they can to, like, because life is not guaranteed to them and they're just living their lives to the fullest while, like, being, like, an FU to the Germans in a way, like, sleeping with German women, even though it's, like, 
a death sentence to them for doing that but like they get off and he gets off like philip gets off especially on doing this sort of thing because he knows how much he how much it's a terrible thing for everybody else around him like the germans like in like the sense of how they can get in trouble and he doesn't really care what happens to them in, to him in a real way because it's not because he's living a life that's like timed I suppose like has time expiring and um where do I go from here oh um He's living through this life, and he comes upon, um, a German girl, woman. I don't know how old she is. She's, I think, in college or is out of college age or something like that. And takes a fancy to her and finds that she's not as willing to, like, give in to, like, his advances just compared to, like, everybody else. So he like fake he tries to like rope his roommate who is Belgian who speaks French with and obviously because like the language shared and tries to make like a bet like he bets he could make her fall in love with him and all this stuff because she's so like like no 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 about it and like obviously it doesn't take him up on it but actually find you actually find out the story that He's fallen. He's actually fallen in love with it, and her, the German girl, and it's so interesting, like the change of like attitude and like him actually falling in love with her, and like the, the how the story shows you that how the movie shows you that throughout the story, how he's falling in love with her, and like despite this not being the sort of movie I totally normally watch. And the ending that totally, totally would normally want out of something, I still, I still find it so interesting, and I totally get the ending. And I, I think it's a really excellent movie. And I think it runs into the same problem that I had with when I was in college. I was in a TV class, and we were talking about like adaptations of like shows that go around the world, and like we were comparing the bridge iterations like the original one which i cannot remember what like the two countries but are between those like it's a lot of that's about comparing um uh, ways of life between one country and another and like a murder that happens on a bridge between the two countries and how they can they have to work together and you can see how the other sides compare to each other and in that sense like the original it's between two, two european countries that don't really have like a strong frame of reference for between like if it were Germany and France like there's more like a differentiation between the two that I could more tell when they're speaking different languages um and like there's an American version which I'm like because I'm American I have more of like a sense of like filmmaking style to differentiate between the two and I know what one of the languages and I know what it's you often see on television as the culture difference between the two, despite like because it's in Texas and Mexico, the American version is between. So like if it were between America and sorry United States and Canada, that'd be like a very different story between America and Mexico. 
because like yeah the obvious thing is like the language differences are so different like are so prominent where like i know there is like a i think it's french and it's either french belgian and english version which i think would be more obvious to me too like there's obviously cultural differences between the two countries that are more obvious to me because i speak one of the languages in like the loosest sense um and it's easier to tell so like that's sort of a problem with the story like i can't like once you get immersed into it and you're paying, trying to pay attention to reading so much and seeing what's on screen and the music is so good but it's hard to really tell fully when they're like transitioning between german and polish and french to make it more obvious and more of like a thing about the story and it makes me truly wonder what it's like to watch this movie in like its original language what is subtitled and what is not originally subtitled but i think this movie philip i can't tell how to pronounce it because they pronounce it in french because he's pretending he's french so they say it in french i think like a french dialect like presenting sort of thing and and everything about it but i but i think it's extremely excellent and it's one of those like higher brow movies i think i don't know that i think i really liked and i think it's really well done and i think is like even though there's like a cliche with like world war ii movies that there's like very overdone i think this story is so unique is such a from a unique perspective and that Yes, he's Jewish, the main character, but he's also, like, pretending to be, like, a different foreign national that you don't see a lot on, um, screen in World War II, uh, movies in the same way. Like, you're so used to, like, one thing that it's hard to, like, it's, it's very interesting to see another perspective, even though it's kind of blending in with the same perspective you've seen before. And it kind of, I saw, um, was it Ashes in the Snow? I think it's like a similar sort of, like, in, you're seeing a different perspective from a different side in a, in a time period that is like, has a huge proliferation of movies going on. And this is, I think that's more from like a Eastern European Soviet front perspective of the war, which I find really interesting. I didn't, I didn't get actually into it because that seems more, way more bleak. This seems more... Philip is more cityscape contained where that seems to be more um, snow, tundra, gulag contained <laughs> and is kind of hard to want to get into um, and the accent is jarring I can't tell if it's good in that one at all because they're obviously speaking English that's like English language movie fronting and the main person is my lead actress is English, obviously have put in an accent, but it seems interesting, but I do recommend him Philippe is like one of the best movies I've seen in a while, and I, th- and like the main guy is so expressive and so, such a good actor that it's like, it's like a basically a one-man show of like acting range and ability and like expressing things in like not super explicit ways but obviously i don't speak the language so i don't have truly an idea of how well it is like that's one of the hard things about movies that are not in english you're kind of have that language barrier and you're kind of depending on the subtitles being 
both accurate of what it what's going on on screen and accurate of the prose of the dialogue i suppose you could say i don't know if i'm using that correctly but it's so good i totally recommend and even i won't say more even the ending i'm totally happy with totally get as an ending i don't know but i'm happy with um think that's it for this week i'm what am i looking forward to watching this week i'm not actually sure another episode of still up is for sure coming out i'll watch that on thursday i'm going to probably try to finish fourth wing i'm trying to get through my 50 books through the end of the year and i'm at like this will be 33 and i've got the new um robert galabrith thousand page mystery the seventh book and it's like the third one that's like nearly a thousand pages so who knows how long it'll take me to get through that during covid i got through like four or five of them in like two weeks or something like that and they got progressively bigger like the first one i think is like 300 400 pages and it gets huge after that um if you don't know that's jk rowling's pseudonym for like writing mystery novels and is they're so good and like they're page turners and I don't normally read mysteries I think it really gotten me into them and I because I been more into like trying to get into more of the romantic suspense thriller sort of side of it um I've read a few of those books like the K.A. Tucker books in romantic suspense are like good um the Colleen Hoover too late one I think is really is I think it's really good in that like genre in the way that I read books and uh, what else is good yeah definitely Kay Tucker I really because she's very prolific has a lot of romantic expense and I think are really really good and what else do I like I'm not sure I'm re- I have a real cha- trashy taste when it comes to books because it's like I it's what I enjoy and if I'm re- if I'm taking some, doing something like reading that takes me so long to get through books, I might as well really enjoy something I'm reading, and not try to slog through something that I know is popular but not exactly my taste. Because I can get through a movie that's popular much easier than I can get through a book. Anyways, um, I don't know what, what else is news coming out. I know there's that new. Josephine Langsford for my hit comedy that's coming out this week. It's supposed to be in theaters. I don't know if it's in any theaters that are super, super easy accessible to me, but I'll have to see. Um, I don't know. Until next time, thank you for listening to Julie Loves Television.